0: Hello and welcome everyone. This is InventRight co-founder Andrew Krauss. I'm over there on the left
1: and I co-founded InventRight with Stephen Key who's also over there on the left over 20 years ago and we've been coaching and mentoring inventors ever since. We've had students in over 65 countries and we have a great webinar for you tonight. But before we get started with the webinar tonight, we're going to tell you about another one we have coming up next week. So Stephen, why don't you talk about Dan?
2: Yeah, no, thank you very much, Andrew. Um, next Thursday, May 14th, of course at uh, 5 p.m. PST. He's got PDT, but anyway, we have a, a another special guest. We have the president of Lifetime Brands, Andrew. Yeah. Um, Lifetime. Yeah, Lifetime Brands is an amazing kitchen company. They're one of the largest kitchen companies, I think, in the U.S. Um, I mean, if you ever go to the trade show. In Chicago, uh, for the home and kitchenware, you're going to be blown away. I mean, I think it's a whole aisle that it's, it's um, dedicated to Lifetime Brands and all their products. But the president's going to come on, and he's going to talk about open innovation. He's going to talk about what do we need to do if we're inventors during the coronavirus? Are they still looking for ideas? And what type of ideas are they looking for? And that's going to be next week, so please don't miss it.
1: Yeah, amazing. Just a few of the brands Kitchen, KitchenAid, Farberware, Instapot, a lot of these brands you're familiar with. Um so yeah, don't don't miss that one, guys. If you're registered for this one, you're automatically registered for the next one too, so don't worry about that. So let me go up here. Okay. So tonight's guest is, is a very special guest. His name is John Cremans, and he's one of the first on air home shopping hosts. And is a pioneer in the home shopping industry. Unbelievably, as a national television host and guest, he has clocked over 35,000 live television hours. Guys, 35,000, two billion dollars in sales, and a hundred thousand product presentations. Wow, um he's one up on us, Stephen. Probably add all our students <laughs> together. I don't know if it'd be that much, but. Uh, uh, in 2014, the Electronic Retailing Association honored John by naming him the best product expert in the direct response category worldwide. Uh, John is a whole lot of fun. He has a true passion for inventors and their inventions. And he, um, he sent over this quick 14 second, uh, reel. And so we're going to go ahead
0: and play that. This can be a little delay, but here we go. more <laughs> you know you always you always leave
3: them wanting more
1: <laughs> welcome john cremens that's quite that's quite a reel there i like how it was very brief and to the point man
3: yeah it's one of the it's one of the fast ones i mean it just kind of goes over a little bit from the start that was my my first network i ever worked for was avn america's value network And that's where I had the mustache and I had dark hair, didn't even look anything near where I look today. And then it kind of goes through just all the video and audio and and some of the other, you know, kind of unique experiences I've had a chance uh, to be a part of in this well over 30 year career. Actually, over half my life. I mean, I got into it when I was 22 years old. I'm 58 now.
2: Well, John, thank you very much. We're going to go through, I think the next slides, we're going to go through some of the things that John has done, but you know, what's really amazing to me. And I'm really glad we have John on tonight. He knows how to pitch products. He knows how to interact with an audience. He knows how to get people to purchase. He knows how to highlight the benefit. He's like the greatest uh, pitchman. And I think all inventors that are listening tonight, that's what we're doing. We're pitching.
3: So I think think the the, the, the picture you guys have up on the left right now is the guy, young man, John Cremans, 22 years old, didn't know what he was doing, had no idea how the heck this was going to turn out, had been on radio for a long time, was in the Twin City market, a couple radio stations, and all of a sudden I got this, this, my brother started working in America's Value Network, he was a cameraman, they were looking for hosts, they had no idea what they were doing, so that guy right there had no idea how to sell. I couldn't have sold you a, a tennis shoe or a piece of leather or uh, even a even a, a slim gym, you even if you were hungry i had no idea what sales were all i knew is how to you know talk and be on radio right the guy on the right is the guy that became the guy that knew how to sell and his name was me and i was the doctor of shopology i got that name from one of the uh, the viewers of america's value network and she one time she was i was selling something I was selling a piece of jewelry and she said Oh my God, you know, John, you know, everything you you're, you're, you're telling me all about this. He goes, what are you the doctor of shopology? And I mm-hmm. said, why? Yes. Yes, I am. And so the doctor was born. As a matter of fact, that is the doctor of shopology right there. We used to do a show called sold outrageous. And what it was, was we were literally having fun selling products on TV. Just imagine David Letterman and Jay Leno selling stuff. And still having skits and having people around you, that's what Sold Outrageous was. And CBN later became QVC. Uh, QVC bought them many years ago. Then I went to, from there, I went to HSN, the Home Shopping Channel. And that's where probably, if you have watched HSN over the last 30 years, you probably would have saw me most. Uh, midnight to three, I did 14 years straight. I was the guy that started the day for HSN. Then I did the morning show for eight years and, and a few other things. But uh, that's kind of where I got my... Um, You know, how I got my start and learned how to pitch because at the beginning it was just here's a box. Here's what it does. Oh, here's the product. And if you didn't see anything on a box, it was just a brown box. You were in trouble. You had to literally have the knowledge and build it enough where you can actually even if you had no idea what the product was, could put it in your hand and
0: sell it for what it was. And there are a lot of people that in, in this industry that can't do that. Did I lose you?
2: <laughs> no, next, no, next slide,
0: please. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, yeah, we'll we're, we're, just, we're just, we're just, we're just, we're just,
1: just captivated, John. We're, we're just listening. <laughs>
0: I thinking, Oh my God. I, I want to let to everybody.
1: Put- I want to let everybody know that John has three videos of his pitches, and he's gonna, he's gonna teach you guys some stuff in a bit here. So yeah. um, we're well, gonna hey, be playing, playing some of those videos.
3: I was afraid I felt put you to sleep, or either that, or you were like gone already.
1: Well, and, and here's two guys. Here's
3: two guys that I, I that I really um, – or was my best friends. Some of the best friends in this industry, guys that I've always looked up to, uh, guys that really actually started after me. Uh, Anthony Sullivan there on the left, but, of course, everyone knows the guy on the right, yeah. Billy Mays. He was an amazing pitch guy. He was probably one of the most personable, lovable, uh, big hunk of guys you could possibly ever want to be around. Uh, when he would come into HSN, uh, by goodness, he, they literally would uh continue to just love everything about him uh everybody wanted to see him talk to him and you know what was great about Billy is he kept um the regular guy stuff he kept the regular guy so he I mean he talked to everybody he would not go out of the building until he had said something to anybody and everybody that wanted to talk to him so these you know that little picture right there was a the premiere of Pitchman the tv show um for Discovery Channel and that was also the night that I decided that I was going to leave HSN and become my own guy. You know, I was getting a little older. I decided that it was time to go out and spread my wings, maybe perhaps, you know, create my own business. So, you know, and, and, and as we look forward, and you can go ahead and keep spinning through the, the if you guys would like, um, on the uh, on the stills. Basically, you know, you know I, I became a guest at HSN, where I would literally sell all kinds of different products. I mean, heck, I've done um every category known to man i've sold jewelry fashions electronics home solutions outdoor products automotive i've sold fashion um at one time i had the largest or highest dollar permitted on a sewing machine uh, at a shopping channel and and i'm a guy for heaven's sakes you know what do i know right this was um you know after being a guest for so many years after i left hsn and you know i was guesting all over the world um i've been on shopping channels in europe uh, QVC in London, QVC in Italy, um, and in Germany, uh, as well. But, you know, this was something, uh, you know, this is given to me by my peers, um, at the Electronic Retailing Association and their, mo- uh, their Moxie Awards. I had no idea. I was up against a, a man named An- Akos Junkura and another, uh, gentleman that many people know now, Mark Gill. He's got a, you know, beard mustache and, uh, he's a loud guy and he's on TV a lot. And I was up against those three, and I thought, well, you know, I'll never get it. I'm not worried about it, and I really didn't worry about it until they called my name, and I was probably as shocked as anybody. Um, it was uh, an amazing time, and it's still one of the one of the one of the highlights of my life. Outside of my kids, and married to my wife, and and some of the other things that happened to me, you know, th- over the years, this moment right here to be recognized by your peers, and and to let you know, and to be told that you are. Um, as good as what they believe you are. and It was just too amazing time. So we can go on. But that's just, that always brings me to tears. And I want to start crying now because I got, you know, we got other things to talk about. Then, you know, at, at one point we had a, a radio show and I was nationally syndicated um, on, after I left HSN on a place called, you know, My Cool Inventions. And uh, I created a digital TV studio where basically we had a Roku channel um and also on android um android tv uh, with, with inventions and gadgets and we brought inventors on so that's how i got you know more into the inventor community it was where and in and, and entrepreneur community it's where i had a chance to to literally step out of the the realm of being in front of the camera and helping the people that were getting their products that i would maybe one day sell on camera it was um uh definitely an amazing show no, it's no longer there, but uh, it was one of the things that I did, I believe, I want to say eight years. And, you know, we talked to inventors every day. We'd have three to four entrepreneurs on a day. You uh, had a chance to, you know, let them sell their product or, you know, let the audience decide on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And it's where, you know, I started saying, you know what, you know, I made a good living. I lived a great life on television selling stuff that it was my turn to give back to the entrepreneurs and the inventors that, you know, that needed that experience, right? And that's why I started, you know, starting tutoring and mentoring inventors and these entrepreneurs that didn't know how to pitch their invention and product. Because, you know, in today's world, when you look at it, in today's world, an inventor will go from the start of the idea, they spend huge amounts of money on getting a patent. They spend a huge amount of money getting it, uh, you know, getting a prototype and manufacturing. And by the time it's all done, most of them forget that at the end, They need to market it. They need to really be talking to people that are going to take their, you know, their whatever it is, their widget and make it a better thing. So that's how, you know, this whole Mike Wilmington's idea came about with me and uh, and another uh, co host. And we decided, okay, that was going to be our avenue. That's how we were going to give back to inventors. And every inventor that was on, they were on for free, right? And and basically it was a chance for them to get an experience that maybe they wouldn't get a chance any other way. Let's go ahead and flip. uh, Uh, to the next one if we can guys because it's just um you know in this world there's so many things that happen whether it's infomercials and and certainly i've been in over 40 uh you know from uh, the window, window window wonderland um i've sold products for martha stewart tv to the military on the military shopping channel which i created and built um and then also other infomercials and still one that's running today um actually it is 12 years later the dr ho uh, Ho Physio Belt for back pain. Every once in a while, you see me and this little Chinese guy, Doctor Ho, and we're selling a back pain belt that has been on the air for 11 years straight, which is shocking in the, uh, that industry because it is so hard to get into, and so many uh, infomercials fail over uh, uh, over time. So that's some of the things that you know I did after I left HSN, the Shopping Channel, continue to take you know my pitching ability. Around the world, that's one of the shots with one of the morning guys on QBC in London. And, you know, from there, QBC Italy, uh, HSC 24 in Germany. I've had a chance to kind of, you know, take, you know, the American style of pitching and take it to countries that don't even speak our language, for heaven's sakes. But they love American invention. And then on the side, I also create B-roll, which is, you know, um, B-roll for videos and for people's pitches and take pictures. This happened to be... um, one where I had to find snow. I live in Florida, and it just snowed in Denver an hour, and within three hours I'm on a plane flying there so I can get a vehicle that's the same make as what they're going to sell on HSN and have a product and literally go where the snow was. So and this and this being an entrepreneur means you have to do a lot and you have to be a master of everything. Um, where and that's and that's what kind of my mantra is. I try to be the guy you know that you can go to first for any uh, question. And then, you know, I also speak to inventor groups, entrepreneur groups. Uh, this happened to be one I did years ago on um, in, in South Carolina uh, at the uh, Charleston Inventors Association. And I was talking about the television shopping channels. And I do a, a whole thing on that too. It's changed. Now that you've got HSN and QVC together and Curate, then Evine is now back to Shop HQ. Uh, and, you know, it's a floundering network. But still, there are avenues outside of the traditional retailer where you can uh, you can take an invention or an idea, and, and and make a decent amount of money, even even in today's world where that that whole industry is changing um, dramatically. Now, as far as pitching though, uh, and we're going to talk about pitching your products coming up, uh, and I think this is something that you know a lot of you you have an idea, you have an invention, maybe perhaps it doesn't always have to be an invention. You're an entrepreneur, you've come up with a new idea to do something, and you're trying to pitch it. There's always there's always things that we can look at as to you know why it worked how it worked let's do this um i want to show i want to show a video here and i'm going to call this pitch school and no you don't have to have a uh, you know a number two pencil you don't have to have an eraser you don't have to have anything like that okay but what we're going to try to do in the next minutes here as we as we talk and i'm going to answer questions too so go ahead and make sure that you, you, you put out the questions that you have because we're going to answer questions here. But you don't want to be like the next slide. Years ago, there used to be pitch guys that were on TV, or maybe you saw them at the fair and you wondered, okay, well, wait a minute. You know, they're, they're you know, pitch guys aren't just, you know, you always thought that they were always the, the, the comical guys, the, the weird guys, the over the top guys. Well, it's changed a lot. And if you were to do that, and, and like, like these guys, where you're selling the sizzle, just don't sell the steak, or I kind of like in the bottom left guy who's, you know, doing a beer, it looks like, and looks mighty fine, uh, or Zip Ultra. These guys were the old way of doing things, okay? The, the the flashy, over-the-top, car salesman-type sales that, in the end, doesn't give you the kind of credibility you want unless it's real. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, where, you know, reality and, and your reality and how you, uh, you know, Relate to the viewer, the viewer relates to you, uh, or anybody for that matter. You can be over the top as long as you're believable, as long as people think, "Well, oh my gosh, that guy's just gregarious. He's a great guy. I want to hang out with that guy." But there are a lot of times where over the top doesn't work, and it might show you the door faster than you can possibly imagine. So right after this, here's what I want to do. I want to I want to play one of the first videos i if I can, guys, and it, it's one where it's called uh, it was called Eye Heater, and this Eye Heater. Um, a video was um, was one that I did with a local news girl. Uh, her name was Gail Gallardo in the uh, in Tampa Bay. And iHeater heater was one of those quartz heaters. Basically, you know, it, 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 here you've got a heater. How are you going to show it? How is it going to work? What's my demo going to be? Can I show that it's actually heating things up? Well, yeah. And so in this video that we want to show, that uh, is called iHeater, heater. We found you know, some interesting ways to show an audience that couldn't be around it, could see it on TV, and then say, ooh, okay, I now I understand. I mean, that actually is putting out heat. And if we can, guys, let's go ahead and run that uh, that video.
0: And I'm going to go back to our, our slide presentation here and start right here. Let's, but let's look at the video first. I'll show you. Here are your hosts to tell you all about the
3: revolutionary new eye heater. Hi, I'm John Kremans.
4: I'm Gail Guayardo. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, John, a lot of us spend most of our time in just a few rooms of the house.
3: You know, that's true, but, but think about this. Most people in America today heat their entire home. And in a few seconds, we're going to show you how you can actually reduce your energy costs drastically.
4: We should check it out.
3: Yeah, matter of fact, let's go ahead and take a look at it. All right. I mean, this is a, a remarkable new technology in in heating. It's not like the space heaters of, of years ago. It actually uses a quartz infrared heating element. You can cut your energy cost in half. That's definitely the way to you do it. You called it heat-seeking technology. You also called it sunshine in a box, and it is. Boy, with some of the record temperatures that we're talking about People are going to be using their heating oil more, they're going to be using energy more, and it's going to cost them drastically this year. And in today's economy, that's the last thing we want to hear.
4: Yeah, people just can't afford it. And, you know, infrared heating technology is not necessarily new, but the i heater
3: fits in- into the whole zone heating model that we were talking about earlier, because now you can actually turn down the main thermostat in your home two, three, maybe four, five degrees. And this have the eye heater wherever your family are. I mean, maybe perhaps you're in the living room watching TV, or maybe you're in the kitchen making dinner. Wherever your family is, put the eye heater and get the kind of heat that you want. Just think about that for a second. Now, you think sunshine in a box it has got to be hot, mm-hmm. like the old-style heaters. Put your hand here. I know. It's nice and cool, right? I happen to bring my temperature device with me. Did you? We're going to take a look at it here. I mean, right now, we're looking at the outside of the eye heater. And it's about 85 degrees, right? And if you have a young child or a son or daughter, they touch the outside of the box. You can even They're touch gonna... the
4: grate of this. The power of the eye heater is on the inside where it belongs.
3: Let me show you. Because right inside the unit itself, but take a look. And it's still climbing up to 190. it is. 200 degrees on the inside of the unit. But on the outside, once again, mm-hmm. it's at 85 degrees. Hundreds of thousands of people are saving money every single time they turn their eye heater on. Let's hear from some of those that are enjoying the eye heater in their a home.
4: breakthrough in technology that will save you hundreds if not thousands of dollars on your heating bills over time.
3: Most of the country is already feeling blasts of arctic air. Don't let Old Man Winter send your heating bills through the roof.
4: That's right. Now there's a state-of-the-art affordable heating system available. That could cut your heating bills nearly in half.
3: So say goodbye to energy eating old furnaces.
4: And start saving big on your heating bills.
3: Introducing the Revolutionary Eye Heater.
4: The Eye Heater is safe, more efficient, and costs less than any comparable heater that you can buy. Isn't it unbelievable how many people save so much money using the Eye Heater? I mean, you just heard it. There are satisfied customers. All over the country that use the eye heater,
3: Gail, it's because they know they're staying warm. They're saving money, and even more importantly, they know the eye heater is safe. So when people are doing zone heating, where they only live in a couple really couple rooms of their house, whether it's maybe their kitchen, maybe it's a living room, maybe it's a bedroom, they take the eye heater in there, they lower the temperature in the rest of the house, and they still have a comfortable place to be. Now let's hear from people just like you about how they're enjoying the eye heater in their home.
4: The eye heater
3: works. Yeah, we went on location with a thermal camera, and this camera can actually let you see where the heat is in a room. So we took the old style space heater, we turned it on, we saw that the heat kind of stayed around the space heater and didn't go around the rest of the room. And what you're about to see is how amazing the eye heater entirely penetrates the room with incredible and comfortable heat. Take a look. Now you can heat only the rooms you use. Yeah, it's called, it's called zone heating. And people
0: all over the country are using this method to stay comfortable, warm, and safe during these brutal winter months. And so basically what we just saw
3: was the beginning of a new way to heat your home. With quartz heating, but I want what I wanted you to get out of that. And as you look at that, notice that you felt like if that we were just talking to you, forget everybody else that might be listening to the podcast or whoever might've been watching that on TV at the time, and it ran national for, for a good two years, but imagine that you're that person. Did you feel like we were talking to a group of people or just you? That's, that's, that's going to be the key. It's that believability, that trustworthiness, that look in the eye. Look, it's not a camera I'm looking at. I'm looking at you. and I'm imagining that you're sitting there on your chair. You're sitting there at your desk. You're there in your home. You've invited us in. and Every part of that pitch, every time that I looked at the camera, every time that I looked at, you know, to, to tell you about the amazing eye heater and to demonstrate it was I was talking to really only one person. It may have been a lot of people. But I wanted, and this is, this is really key, this is where your believability, this is where your trustworthiness, this is where people start to trust you and feel that, they, that you're talking to them and them alone. So you're not saying, hey, guys, hey, gals, hey, everybody. know. you're just saying, hey. You're, you're, and you're literally looking and talking to them. That's going to be a big key as we go through my pitching uh, your product um, segment of this. But remember, that's important. That connection that you have with whoever it is, and it doesn't have to be just on camera. It can also be in an audience. It could be in a you know you could be around a group of people. You could be at a fair. You could be at a, an inventor show. Maybe you're at the uh, Las Vegas uh, Hardware Show, or you're at the the Houseware Show, which is always in Chicago, or uh, any other any of the other shows, right? It's that connection that you have, and it's it has to be immediate. And a lot of that you saw in that in that video. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to break down the pitch real quickly because I got, I got more I want to show you. But th- there's things about the pitch that are very important. And if you've got this far and you're with Steven, you're with Andrew and their, and their group, you already have an idea. You've, you've thought about a product. You've come up with a solution. And then wait a minute. Really, your problem. You have created a solution to a problem. And and how do you take that problem that you saw in your mind and how do you convey that to the person that you may want to sell your product to or better yet maybe down the line sell it to a retailer or have a retailer sell it or have it licensed you know, you've come up with a problem so in your in your process in your mind's eye you created a problem that, that you then you saw it you knew you had to find a solution for it and then you came up with a solution right your solution is big in this in this equation because the problem, I mean, everybody probably has. The solution is what people don't have. And that's where you're filling their need. You, know, you think of it problem, solution. Problem, my glass doesn't have enough ice. Solution, I have the amazing ice maker that I can pour right out of my hand. And, and so what you've done is, you know, find the problem and solution. And sometimes in most pitches, if you can start with that in that first minute, minute and a half, Problem, solution, and man, do I have the solution? And get them wild in that first minute, minute and a half, they're gonna listen to you further. So your your development of your whole problem solution, problem is, is the problem you solve. The solution is a solution that's really gonna say, Hey, yours doesn't work, but my product will make it a lot easier to live life. My product will help you uh, have a better life or will aid you in your everyday in your everyday life, right? So you've got a problem, and remember, you go in this route, and you, you'll always be able to develop at least a first pitch, a pitch where you can start. So problem, solution, uh, go into why theirs doesn't work, and they probably, in their mind's eye, have already started to envision themselves with the same problem. So when you're talking to somebody, and you know people like Stephen, uh, Andrew, myself, anybody that you know, we're an inventor or an entrepreneur might meet us, the first thing they want to do is they're, they're, they don't know what to do. So they'll start talking about everything and they'll forget that, you know, we don't have as much time as they think we do. We don't have an hour or two hours. We may only have a couple minutes. So your best bet to get me interested as I'm walking down an aisle or, 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 or Steven's looking at things or Andrew, you, you really need to come up with something that is, you know, your problem solution and give me a hook. That says in my mind, if I were to close it and you were to say, John, have you ever had this problem before where you're blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, yeah, and I'm thinking you're describing it well enough where I could close my eyes, envision myself having the same problem. And then voila, here comes your solution. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that, you know, it takes time to really procure that and, and get natural with that. But whether you're practicing in a mirror, maybe you're practicing amongst your friends and you're talking to friends and family. You can do that. Now, the thing that I wanted you to get out of the, that video that we just saw was that 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 one-on-one, that nature of he's looking at me, he's talking to only me. There could be thousands of me out there, but he's only really talking to me. That you can also master. That is that is a key to becoming uh, you know credible. It is the key to become believable. It is the key that that people will literally key in on and and say man I, he's looking right at me and he's talking to me he's not talking to the 15 20 30 you know million people out here he's literally talking to me now here's what i would do this is a, this is how you get over this cuz this is a technique that i did um, and and you know remember when i started in the television shopping industry there were no rules there was nothing saying you do this way do it that way we were all creating the rules as we were doing it So basically, you know, I would be looking at this camera, this big metal, large lens camera with a guy standing behind it, a couple other guys behind their cameras. And I was thinking, okay, so I've got to talk to the camera. How am I going to talk to that camera? Because, you know, most people kind of shy away from it. It's like, oh, you know, what am I going to say? What am I thinking? What am I going to do? Right. But a lot of people, when you look at the camera, here's what I did. I started imagining that camera as a person. Somebody that, you know, I knew somebody like oh, it could be my brother or my best friend or, you know, it could be your wife. It could be your boyfriend. But the camera then becomes them. And everything that you do with that camera is the way that you would talk to a, you know someone face to face. Yeah, it's kind of inanimate. It just sits there. Doesn't laugh with you. Doesn't cry with you. Just sits there. It's just there with a lens and a little red light. But at, at the, the moment that little red light comes on, if you can continue to remember that you're having a conversation, not with a million people, you're having a conversation with, with Bill, who might be at his desk, or Karen might be in the kitchen making something, or, you know, Kelly's there on the you know, day, you know, maybe cleaning up or ironing, right? You're talking to them individually. So you never go out and even though you're in front of a group, you know, make it feel like you're talking to the group. Everyone in that group should feel like you're talking to them. So if you keep that eye contact, and guys and gals, it, it is so important. I did. Now, see what I just did? I did the wrong thing. I literally said, guys and gals, I want you to believe me. I want you to understand. And, and, and I want you to see that this problem that I found, that I have the perfect solution that can help you in your daily lives, that I've just taken away the whole group, even if you have a group around you. I right now have just said, okay, look, this is the way I'm gonna do it. I'm doing it just with you. I'm telling you exactly what I found or the solution to a problem that I found that really uh, is better than the what you've been doing in the past, and it makes and why and, and my product is so much better and it makes your life just so much more easy. And you got them. At that point, if you can pull that off, now whether you're making a video presentation. Uh, a video that might be a product video for your, you know, that you're going to send to a, a retailer or somebody that might be interested in your product or invention. It, you know, you can be your own pitch man for your product. I mean, you know it probably better than anyone, but you need to get some of those little, uh, the, the the what I call uh, the uh, the the steps right and correct, like knowing your problem really well, because you, you you knew it you you knew it in your, when you first made the invention or the idea, so you know the solution and you know the best way probably of anyone to say what that problem is and what that solution is. Just remember to look at that camera, look at it directly, look into it like it's your friend or family and talk to them one-on-one. Don't hey, talk John, like talking John, I have, to a, group. John, I have a question.
2: Yeah. Watching the video, which is wonderful, you kept on saying three things that really hit home to me. Okay. You told me that I have a product that's going to keep you warm. Yes. That it's safe. And it's going to save you money. Mm-hmm. You kept on hitting those three things over and over. So when you're pitching a product, is that something that's in your mind? Have you written it down? I mean, how do you know to convey that message over and over again as well as you did? Well,
3: you know what? You know, my way only because, you know, I've done it for so long and I've had different types of heating products on. I know the key the touch points, the mm-hmm. key touch points that most people will when they look at a heater will say okay um I, i'm looking for cost of it's going to cost me a lot of money is it one of those heaters that runs all the time and my you know my my, my electric bill is going to go up is it going to keep me warm most people don't believe that heaters will keep them warm unless it's really close quartz heaters they hug in an entire room they just don't heat one little section of a room like the old style uh the old style heaters and, and is it safe because they've got kids they have pets They've seen their kids get burned or pets get burned because they got too close to a a unit that was hot like the old way, right? So those three points, I knew. And and, and that doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that no one else could do that. It's just that I have the experience and have been around it long enough Mm -hmm. and having pitched over 100,000 different types of product. Now, that's Mm -hmm. just 100,000 different types. There's a lot of subtypes and a lot of other things that go around, but they all have several, you know, key ingredients are same things that they would have that you could sell for any heater. I could have sold a different heater and I, and I would still pitch it with those three, okay. um, those key touch points.
2: John, was that something that the, the, the person that made it, the inventor told you, or is that something you related to yourself that you could convey to the audience?
3: Well, you know what I, you know, I looked at what I thought first, right? I got a script. It was okay. Um, but there weren't, there weren't the things that I know people that buy heaters want to hear. Okay. So you know, you, they, you know, and of course, they, there's always a little bit of tough touch and go, back and back. Okay, we well, get let's well, let's see what we have. Then, you, then they would went out and they had people. They they saw how people responded to the certain touch points that um that I said, and they were well, the certain what point, touch points that they thought. And sure enough, the ones that I had were the ones that I thought were the ones that we did. So so sometimes you can actually find you know touch points to, for the pitch by um, by testing with an audience and getting their reaction to what you're saying to a certain product or an idea that they might be interested in. Okay. So it's, it, it, it's, it's all a part of that whole, you know, once you come up with a problem and solution and you're, you're building the, 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 your, your idea, you're getting it manufactured, you're licensing, whatever you've in your head already come up with the reasons why that somebody needs your product. And usually that, that first thought in your mind is usually
0: right.
2: It seemed to me that you were able to tell that story that, the audience could identify with. And oh, yeah, you have they, to. They were, living, they were living it with you, kind of. That's how I felt when you're telling that story of, of connecting those three things.
3: Well, I mean, think about that for a second. I mean, because most people that, that watch don't watch attentively, attentively, unless, unless they are um, interested in the product, right? So I mean, you have to be able to kind of relate it to them so that they start getting drawn in because they're hearing a story that kind of relates to their life. Mm. And that's how, when you're pitching a product and, or an idea, and it's your first go, and you're talking to people like, let's say, Stephen, like you or Andrew or me or anyone else that might be able to help them with their your product or idea or your invention, you've got to make it so they believe it, they feel it, they sense it, that they're, they're part of the story. And if you can't get them involved with it, they're really not going to be the connection they, that they need to have to make that next step. And the next step would be purchasing your idea, right? So you, you need to have somebody that you, that you brought in because you conveyed the need, the the want, the desires you convey to those touch points in their head for them to buy whatever you're selling. And if you can do that, you know, and, and, and be believable, sure. look into their eyes, you know, they're they're gonna, you can lead them sure. down a different path, a wandering path, and they're still gonna come to the same place. You hit on the key points that made them want to buy it.
2: John, tell me this: How important is it? Um, you do this. You've done this for many, many years. I mean, it's easy for you. But let's say you're an inventor. You're just starting out, and you don't really understand what those touch points are going to be. How would you? How would could someone practice that to really identify with it? Is this something you just do in front of your family, your friends? How can you prepare for that to hit those touch points to see those reactions?
3: See, I was lucky enough and and extremely fortunate enough work um in an industry that at the time was the first ever and so i could make those mistakes i could say the stupid things that were wrong um i had the ability to to do that because no one knew what to say but as time went on we had research and what i could do when i was on air let's say let, let's say i'm selling your, your a product that you created and i'm online and i'm on tv and i'm talking about it we had computer screens i could literally tell within 10 seconds of saying something i knew exactly who was reacting and who wasn't so if i saw a big spike you know i saw a bunch of calls come in i knew that what i had said about 10 seconds ago was memorable people it it adapted to them they they felt it right so they call so i started looking at that and watching that that was part of my research and in developing pitches well for you know over 100 different products because i knew what was hitting them i could see it so, the only way that you would get like a, 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 somebody that's outside of let's say the television shopping industry or you're trying to figure that out there are there's research available, but what I would do, and you may not be, it might may not be as scientific it may not be as cool as watching a computer screen changing color for every dollar per minute that you are being judged by or a product was being judged by and, oh by the way, a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar minute was a deep kind of purple blue color. <clears throat> I only know that because it was on my show and I saw what it, because it would change colors every dollar per minute. But you start to equate that with how they're, act, act, they're, they're reacting. So what I would do if I didn't have that kind of research available, I would be pitching to family. I'd be pitching to friends. You can't take the fact that they go, oh, that was so great. You're awesome. Because they're always going to do that. They love you. They care about you. What you need to do is go to, you know, people you don't know. It's going to be a tougher time because you're going to be a little, you know, a little shell-shocked, a little nervous. But the more times you can do that, just like the pitchmen when they're on their booth and, you know, there are new guys and gals that are doing the mops and all this other stuff, right? They have to go through 10,000 pitches before they get it right. They don't know exactly how the audience is going. They may have somebody telling them how to do it, but it's not till they get up in the thousands where they've said it enough times that they can see the actual responses of people that are around them. So don't let your research not include pitching it to people, pitching your idea, letting them know what you're trying to sell and why you're trying to sell it. And and the moment you start doing this enough and you start seeing the the reaction, that becomes your database. You start then knowing that, okay, I got to hit this point, this point, this point. Because I saw, you know, a couple of people go, oh, ah, you know, the, the light came on. You saw it happen. You could see it in the reaction. You can see if they decided that they wanted it. I mean, those kind of things, it's not it's not easy to do, but it is the right way. It's the correct way to really become the perfect pitch person for your products. You really got to pitch it enough and, mm-hmm. and, and believable enough where people start to agree with you and want your product
1: or idea. John, you got two other videos here the Sink uh, Cyclone and the Cook's Air Grill. They're both shorter. Did you want to play one of those? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, you know, the Cook Air Grill
3: is kind of interesting. Um, I was a spokesman for um, as seen on TV.com, and they were trying to do like a two minute special without really a lot of demo. Um, basically, the product was sitting on a table and you had to sell it. You know, kind of like what you do when you go to a trade show, right? You have a table in front of you, you have your product there. You might have a couple of videos, you hope, but I mean, want something where you're like literally out there and you have to do it. So let's run that and I'll, and I'll kind of show you some of the ifs, the, the goods and the bads
0: out of it, but it's called, it was called the cook air grill. Hi, I'm John Creamer with a special deal of the day here and as seen on tv.com.
3: If you love to grill, but you're tired of how big and heavy and bulky your regular grill can be and you want to make it portable, then you've got to check out the Cook Air Grill. Not only is this one of the most powerful and most portable on the marketplace today, it can get up to temperatures of 1,100 degrees in less than five minutes. Now, when you order the Cook Air Grill, you can take this anywhere, whether you're at a park, maybe you're tailgating at your favorite game, or better yet, maybe you're on your boat or you're just in the backyard it can be powered three different ways it has a convection type blower that literally helps to fan the flames to make them brighter and make them hotter you can use it by plugging it in if this is on your patio now if you're in your car or your boat you're going to want it the adapter that comes along with it or if there's no power anywhere it can even operate on batteries everything is controlled right here in the electronic controller the higher the number the hotter the flame so think about putting quarter steaks on the grill or better yet maybe just do fish just turn it down to a lower temperature you have a large grilling surface and even a warming area as well so you have nice toasty warm buns while you're making some brats or hot dogs down below everything is included we give you the tongs we give you the brush we give you the igniter papers and the pre-cut logs you even have not only a cover lid for the grill but then you also have the portability of having a carrying case so you can take it on the go. If you've always wanted a grill that had a lot more power and a lot more heat, but didn't have all the weight of your regular grill, check out the Cook Air Grill. It's available
0: here as a limited-time special day offer as a deal of the day on AsSeenOnTV.com. All right, so you saw that. Stephen, what did you see? Well,
2: what did I see? Two, well, two things. I I like the size. I like I can take it everywhere, and I like that you 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 talked about. I I could see it on my boat. I could see I'm taking it to uh, maybe a, a park. I could I could see myself doing those things, and I really liked that you made it easy for people to understand all the different different things that went with it. Now so now that,
3: imagine. I did that entire pitch off the top of my head. No script. Did it did literally off the top of my head? And then they put in all the elements afterwards.
2: Oh jeez. You
3: know <laughs> I mean we, think about that for a second. In today's world of infomercials, that would never happen ever again. But that entire pitch was one I came up with five minutes before I went on air.
2: You, you know, John, you know what I'm seeing is that you're putting yourself um as a consumer is going to enjoy it, that's what I'm seeing here. And you're telling that story about what, if, how I would enjoy it, and making that connection so they can see themselves. That's what I'm seeing here.
3: Yeah, no, and, and that's why when I talked about you know you know grills being big and bulky, and if you try to go tailgating, yeah. you couldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, people have that problem, you know, where the grills are just too big; they take up a lot of space. So mm-hmm. you know, I started that way, and then went into all the other things that really people could then envision themselves having the same problems. And it was, just, it was just great that I had a company that worked behind the scenes to build B-roll after the fact <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> to match up what I was saying. <laughs> and that particular pitch was, uh, was, was very good. Now, there's another one, and we're going to talk about, you know, this is all part of, you know, being you know, doing your pitch. You've got to have great demos. Um, and that's what I call the tour where you're showing off the features and the benefits. And this tour is building up on that whole thing at the beginning where you made people believe that they were part of it, that they could see themselves reacting to it or being a part of the pitch. They've had the same problems. You've come up with this great solution. And we did this um, product called the, the Drain Cyclone, and it was kind of a, a product that was um, based on an old-school, old-style uh, drain cleaner. Didn't have, you know, chemicals, didn't have all the other stuff, but it was based on having good demos where, you know, people can remember the big clogged drain they had and, how, you know, what a mess that can be. And, and then showing them how that you have a solution to that. So as you're thinking about your pitch and you're going through your problem solution, you know, time of your pitch, you're also coming up with demos that people are going to believe once they see it. So let's run the, the drain cyclone real quick
0: and then we'll get we'll get back to the the, the rest of this. To a common household problem, the clogged drain. Don't. Hi, it's John
3: Crement with a smart solution to a common household problem.
0: Hi, it's John Crement with a smart solution. Hi, it's John Crement with a smart. Hi, it's John Crement with a smart solution to
3: a common household problem, the clogged drain. Don't damage your pipes with an abrasive metal snake. Expose yourself to dangerous chemicals, or worse yet, wait all day to invite a complete stranger into your home. Try the Sink Cyclone. It's the fastest way to clear any clog with ease. Simply attach the Sink Cyclone to your faucet. Stick the nozzle into the drain. Turn the water on and then watch this. Within seconds, the clog is gone. Its secret is a unique rotating tip with high powered water jets that pressure clean your pipes from every direction. The front jet breaks up and destroys the buildup, and the side jets create a powerful cyclone to clear the clog in just seconds. To prove its power, I put the sink Cyclone to the ultimate test by clogging this utility drain with food, hair, makeup, dirt, and coffee grinds. It doesn't get worse than this, but in just seconds, the sink Cyclone clears it all away. Nothing stands in its way because it utilizes the same heavy-duty technology required for massive clogs in big city drain lines. Don't struggle with a messy plunger or break the bank with pricey plumbing fees, when you can clear away the grime in a fraction of the time. And look at this. It even clears clogged toilets in a flush, and clogged bathtubs in just seconds. Drains are designed to work with the flow of water, so why use anything else for a clog? The Sink Cyclone is a must-have for every home. Order right now, and you'll also receive the Slender Snake, absolutely free. It's perfect for pressure-cleaning recyclables, vases, baby bottles, food containers, and messy art projects. Sink Cyclone is built to last, and it comes with a full guarantee. So call right now to receive this incredible TV offer. Call right now to receive the Sync Cyclone and Slender Snake for the unbelievable price of just $14.99, or go to
0: SyncCyclone.com, order now. Hi. So that what you just saw there was the art of the demo
3: and being a great part of the pitch because we literally made you realize that every every green problem you've ever had in your entire life could be solved by having this one product, right? Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, demos are important. Demos. I mean, so when you're thinking of your pitch, guys, right? And 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 this is one of the things that a lot of entrepreneurs entrepreneurs don't really think of when they're you know coming up with their idea. You know, they're they're all, they're all thinking they're, they're kind of like a, they're they're tunnel focused where mm-hmm. they they've got their problem, they got their solution. This is what I've done. This is how I make it. See, this is what it would do. No, you've got to have demos that rocket. That mm. that that everybody in their life could. I mean, who hasn't walked into a bathroom and had a clogged, you know, toilet, mm. or a or a, a a bathroom sink when you're getting ready to brush your teeth, or your kitchen uh, your kitchen sink being clogged, right? So when you're going through your pitch, you know, th- start thinking about you know these features and benefits and and some of the best ways to demonstrate mm. them so that's relatable to the uh, to the audience.
2: You, you know what I liked about this one so much, John, is that. You showed the problem, all right, and it was very, very clear. But you showed all the different um, ways it could be used. I, I think that I don't think I see enough of that, Andrew, in some of the videos we see. That mm-hmm. you could use it here, you could use it there. And I, mean, I love that yeah. you just hit, 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 and it, it gave it, it made it very versatile for me.
3: Yeah, think about this. That was that was a two-minute spot, right? Or less, less than two-minute spot. And I think we did twelve demos in two minutes.
2: Yeah, amazing.
3: I I know that I've never seen, you know, when I've gone through an inventor's area or an entrepreneur's area or anywhere, any trade show for that matter, and seen somebody, you know, close it. And basically, those demos closed the sale. Mm -hmm. They were their own closers because once you saw it happen, you go, yeah, I've had that. I need that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I've walked in on that. That clog's gone. I want that, right? All you got to do is ask for the order at that point because your demo pretty much sold your product.
2: Yeah, John, we usually see when we see a video, a one-minute video, we love this format, problem-solution, but we never see the multiple uses from it. Andrew, have you ever seen that before, some of the stuff that we see with our students?
1: I think inventors want to throw everything in the kitchen sink in there, but well, um, and just, sometimes it's not a good idea, but sometimes it's a great idea.
2: It well, depends. you know what it does for me? It shows that product can be used in so many different ways. I mean it still solves the same problem as a clog. Right. I I and the sink but it showed in the bathroom it showed some other ways to use it. I thought um and I love the pacing of it. It's very fast.
3: Yeah. And you know and, and sometimes you have you you really got to think that you know when you only have a few minutes you better get in what you can and you and that's why practice is very important. Mm-hmm. That's why knowing the problem and the solution so well that no matter what your, who your audience is, whether it's a lot of people or just one person, you're going to have in your arsenal of, of, of features and benefits for your product some great demos that's going to, one of them is going to hit the point, right? And you can kind of tell that when you're going through the pitch and you're talking to somebody, whether they related to it or not. I tend to want to, you know, create a, you know, the, the problem solution part of the pitch where I'm, I'm trying to hit the, the widest group of people possible with my opening statement with my opening problem, trying to relate it to as many people as possible. Like the, like the grill when we were doing that, whether you're somebody that wants, likes to tailgate, but the grill, your grills are too heavy, or maybe you're, it doesn't get hot enough, or, or it can't change fast enough, or it's not portable enough. You know, you're you pretty much hitting, you've thrown this big casting net out. You made yeah. them all see that in their life they've had that problem one time or another, and then you come up with the uh, the solution for it. Then you do the tour And that's where you, you know, the tour to four you know, you can do it called the tour or the tour to force. That's where the features and benefits and the great demos come in where you're just, I mean, you may have already sold them from the first point, but if you haven't, you will before the, before it's
1: uh, completely over.
3: John, John, we're getting
1: some really good questions coming in here. If you guys have a question for John, please type it in because we're going to be wrapping up here. Uh, Um, Steven, did you want to say something? Yeah. Hours gone by that fast? Yeah. Yeah, When I
2: was, it's fast. John. You know, when I was listening Holy to him God. talk about the grill, I could almost close my eyes and listen to it and understand it. Yeah. How important is that, John, when you're thinking about when you're pitching that people can visualize it without even seeing the product? Is that important or not?
3: Yeah, it's it's a big time important because that is me. That means you're hitting on some of the emotional touch points that they've had in their own life that they can experience themselves having that same issue that same problem right mm-hmm. and and, it's, and if you can touch into those little emotional key points um you're you're you you found the depth where you're going to be able to get them to buy it even earlier because the moment they can visualize that and you can see them responding to what you're saying like that then you know they're in mm-hmm. you you literally have the first ability to close um uh, in your pitch and then if you if you sold them, they took it from just that, you're in. Uh, if you have to sell them a little bit more, you're going to still get them. But you're, it may just take you maybe another minute or two to get them. You just got to go right down the, the problem solution tour path, if you will.
1: Hannah made a, a interesting comment here, and I'd like you to comment on this. I, I love the choice of words used, smart solution, must have. It's so definitive and convincing, so can you talk a little bit about the choice of words that that you use? Sure, I mean and, and, you know the the old pitch guys it was a pattern
3: the you know back to the, the guys of the circuses and the fairs and the boardwalks, and it was a pattern, and they had all of these 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 sayings and phrases that they would just pull out of the sky that would would emote some kind of reaction with the audience. It may not even have anything to do with the pitch, it says that all of a sudden somebody laughs or they think they, they get emotionally connected because something you said is either funny, something kind of connected to them in a weird way, and they, they, they believe it. So the old pitch guys, if you ever listen to some of the real good ones, and, and there are a lot of them, like Al Spino was there, you know, Billy Mays, a lot of these guys would throw in these little quips, these little fun um, kind of off-point sayings or phrases you know that you maybe you heard your grandfather say many many years ago or whatever and and basically that pattern would keep people involved and and, and the pitch guy knew that if he could keep you involved and get you emotionally involved you're enjoying your time you're being entertained they knew that in at, at the end of this all they were going to pull you in close enough to actually buy it now in today's world like infomercials um uh you can see your problems you're your, you know when you're cleaning your drain, the problems go away. A lot of these, uh, they'll use phrases that are, um, that are that rhyme, because people relate to that even more uh, as well when, they're, when, you, when they have that. So, you know that that's a good question. Um, but yeah, a lot of the words that you you use, whether it's uh, you know something you've come up with or uh, you've had other people write it for you, I use a book um, called Words That Sell.
0: Oh, and I, I would have be that on, book. Oh, no, yeah. Well,
3: look at I would be on air and I would literally go take one page and I would go through every word on that and relate it to the product that was selling on air. Hmm. And so, you know, I would be able to do that a lot of times over in a night. But at that point, you start, you know, getting these words in your lexicon. And it's good to have, you know, a, a good lexicon of sales words and, and words that kind of emote. Uh, emotion or a emo- uh, 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 want or desire to buy something so that's uh, that is something that we choose and something that it takes a little time to learn but it's always good to have in your uh, in your back pocket when you're selling stuff
1: next question is from angelica is there a, is it a good idea to use a spontaneous customer reaction to a product captured in a video so you, you you're um, showing something happening. The person's like, oh, to me to me that seems a little cheesy. But uh, Angelica's
0: oh, you happy. mean oh
3: inside the video when you do the yeah. uh, I mean they have they have people that specialize in that mm-hmm. the uh, the over the top like crazy like oh my god they've spilled it again kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Those actually what those do they trigger an emotional kind of a trigger. I mean even though they're kind of over the top and stupid, they've actually seen people in their own lives do it. So it brings attention. So I mean, when you're doing the whole before, like, oh, my God, here's the problem. And we've seen it. And you go over to the top. People either relate to it, they laugh at it, but they remember it. I mean, so sometimes over, top, over the top can be good uh, because it will, they'll remember that next time they see it. And every time they see it, they're going to remember the first time they laughed at it or the first time they went, oh, my God, they're doing it again. But they're going to remember your product. So you're in their mind already by that point. So sometimes that's actually, um, that's actually pretty good. That's an older uh, infomercial style, but you know what? It never gets old, uh, even the newer infomercials do the same thing right now.
1: I have a question for you based on Megan's comment here. She says, I think it's John's voice. He's a very energetic voice. Um, So my question to you is, do you believe that anybody could be a pitch person depending on their voice or the way they appear or their confidence level with some training? Or do you think sometimes... People should find a friend or family member or somebody else that can that can do it for them. What, what are your sometimes,
3: thoughts? Yeah, Andrew, you're right. It's sometimes, sometimes the you may not be the best pitch person for your product is right because it might just be too far outside of your personality. Because you know the the best pitchmen in the world are gregarious when the when the light comes on. They're they're friendly. Um, they you you know them the moment they look at you through the camera lens or if you're in front of them when you look at you you feel like they know you in a way there are but there are there are some people that you know they even though they love their product and they have a big passion it just doesn't translate well so uh, yeah sometimes you you may not be the best pitch person for your product and that's not saying that's a bad thing but but as an entrepreneur You you realize that sometimes you have to pivot. Sometimes you have to see that you can't get out of your own way. And if someone did it the right way in pitching it, that you may, you know, become even more successful than you could possibly ever imagine. I don't mind stepping back from a product. And I did many times when I had someone with me as a guest and they were they were hitting on all cylinders and they were doing everything. I let them go because i didn't need i stepped back and let them pitch it because at that moment in that time they were in their moment they were they knew more about that product than i would ever know even though i probably knew a lot that they knew already but they came across believable and 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 really um uh they really had the connection with the viewer and the and, audience
1: even as a question but i want to to let everybody know please in the go look for the questions box and type a thank you for John. More, maybe a little more than just thank you. Say something to how you feel about his presentation. And uh, John, I'd like to send all those to you uh,
3: tomorrow. Oh, thank you. That'd be done. great.
1: Yeah, that'd be very right, nice.
2: Two, thank quick, you. two quick questions for you, John. How important is it is that to learn how to smile while you're talking?
3: <laughs> oh, big time. Because it shows it shows the inner you. If you can smile, and you know, my smile never really is forced. I'm pretty much. I'm pretty much happy all, all the time, and right. And um, you know, I I look at you know these new ways of of doing business, and and people are seeing this now. Um, heck, I had a last weekend. I did this this three day event called Instacell, and you know it was all on where you could see each other, and like everybody in part of it, we're actually looking at each other. Man, I looked at the people that were smiling more than I did anybody else. Because I could tell something in their heart or something in their mind or something in what they're doing, they were doing right. And they were happy to be there. So yes, smiling's important. I mean, never force a smile because people can tell. Right. But you ever if you ever meet me, you know. I mean, I smile and I smile. I mean, I just I'm 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 just always that way. All right.
2: One last question. What about the wow factor, John? Um, someone referred it to as the 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 magic trick, but the wow factor. How important is that to set that up so people go, wow, I want that.
3: Um, well, well, I mean it's it's a big thing. <laughs> I mean that that makes your job easier, right? If they can I mean, be when wowed. I, by what you're, when by I what, saw, good.
2: I saw the the drain being cleaned, right? You're pushing it through. That's that wow factor, right? I mean that was yeah. like, wow, that that's pretty cool. I, I need that. I mean, you, you stacked all the stuff in the drain,
3: even it's this and this and this and this, and it just blows through. No you're, you're, no, you're absolutely right. But here's the, here's the thing that, like I was saying earlier, those wow, that wow factor, every time you saw it happen, you wanted it yeah. because it was that good. If the wow can be enough to close the sale mm-hmm. without you saying a word, then you've done your job right. Now that's not going to happen for every product. But mm-hmm. uh, but but that can with some and then with others. I mean, I had uh, and, and God, Stephen, I'd love to, you guys. I'd love to have you on one of uh, these weekend events we do because I think you're 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 insightful and your knowledge on licensing and everything. You're seeing some of the things that I'm that I pick up on when I look, and, and you think you guys are a great resource. I'd love to. have, I'll, I'll invite you to one of our next events because uh, I'd like to see what what you think about. Uh, some I, of these people, because I got to
2: ask you questions all night long, but I got to ask this one. When do you yeah. stop selling? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Ooh, when, you when they buy it, when you have the money in your pocket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> John, you're and the it, best. Thank you. Time to take there's them so up for a beer. <laughs> going I, I'm going to read just a few of these. Thank yous for you, John. I can't read them all because there's too many. Um, I like this is from T.A. John, you are a light. Thank you for taking the time with us that one was pretty
0: cool. Thank you very much. Uh,
1: Thank you. This is from Marie Eve. Uh, Love this. So inspiring to have so much knowledge and and experience like John. Thank you for all the tips. What a voice. I'm sure that's the first time you heard that. Uh, (laughs) Stephanie, very informative. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us and sharing your experiences. Mike, John, I'm humbled that I could be part of this presentation. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and experience. Thank you. Uh, it's just a whole ton of them like that. I'll I'll send them on over to you if you guys have any. Well, a whole bunch of them.
0: <laughs> You'll get well, them. The, the, the,
3: those that know me know that I'm not, you know, I, I sometimes don't know what to say when people compliment me. Um, I love what I do. I have a passion for what I've done for so many years. That's the reason I've been in the business as long as I have. Um, and it's, it's always, uh, it, it's always, it always amazes me that this, you know, this young guy that started in radio when I was in high school in Minneapolis, St. Paul, that, you know, got a chance to sell the world. And uh, to that, I thank all of you for listening and, um, and being a part of this today.
1: Thank you, John.
2: John, you're the best.
1: No, thanks, guys.
2: <laughs> thanks, night, everybody. everybody.
0: Take care. Keep inventing. Good night. Good night, everybody.